the I, I, the people are going to hate me because the nicest stadium I've been is actually the Spurs Stadium. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's 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 just you can see there's a lot of detail put into it. You can see like it's quite meticulous, even if it does look like, like a massive toilet seat from above. But does it have red Leicester sausage roll? No, it does not. Very much disappointingly, but they do have these banging donuts, which cost you only a a, a whopping ten pounds. <laughs> What? Maybe not ten pounds, but they—it's not ten pounds. They was—they were extortionately. It's a very expensive stadium. They also, because we're going to go off tangent here, they have these things where you could fill up um, your beers from below. So you put your your beer on it, and it fills it from be- beneath, as opposed to through a spout on top. So you just go and huh. press your cup down. It, goes, it fills it up from below. It's very neat. I am. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to stay there for a very long time and examine the the, the, the machinations of how that, that that works, but I um I think the the massive queue behind me weren't going to endure <laughs> my my exploring how that worked. So um yeah yeah I didn't get to play with it as much as maybe I would have liked, but it was very cool. Um my partner suggested Bovril, but I'm like you don't want that going wrong, do you? Just Bovril everywhere. Um but yeah, whenever I go to the Leicester Stadium, especially during the colder months, I, I get a cup of Bovril, uh, the red Leicester sausage, which if you have not had it, you need to have it. If you had the and the burger, there's a burger van next to like the kids area at the stadium, banging burgers. I get one of them bad boys and the chips. Uh, so you do ca- what to the burgers? I, I do all sorts of those burgers. <laughs> I get right up in there, I get right between those buns. Um and <laughs> I asked for the onions as well. I have, but they're, really good. <laughs> <laughs> they're really good. There you go. So you didn't take part for the embarrassing sting to come in, did it? But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've done that. Yeah, and the red, a red Leicester sausage and a cup of bovril on a cold night watching Leicester. So it's a good, it's a good night. So I have to say though, it was the European nights I definitely enjoyed when it was really cold and crisp and yeah. dry. That was. I, I do seems to go way off tangent. Mm. I am one of those people who much prefers being out in the freezing cold wearing warm clothes and with something warm like on than I do being out in the hot. Yes. No, I very um, much a polar bear as well. I, I fully yeah, appreciate yeah. you. You're, you're talking to someone who willingly um, t- on multiple occasions have gone to Scotland in March to, to camp whilst also motorcycling around the country. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I uh, much prefer so, being there. Yeah. So... Not to get too away from our um, USP, but bringing us, kicking and screaming back onto topic. Hello and welcome to the Foxes Never Quit podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about Leicester City Football Club. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podcaster, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer and GeoSarvan. Not sure what GeoSarvan is, but we are on it. And of course, you can find all of our things at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc and reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc women. Hello and welcome to the September edition of Foxes Never Quit Talking. I'm here once again with the very dependable Madlock. Hello. And I am, of course, H2G2, and we're going to talk a bit about the August that just happened and the September that's coming up for Leicester City Football Club. Yeah, it was, um, a, it was an exciting month. You, uh, you got your prediction right, didn't you? I did in the end, although we're recording this a bit after the whole game. Um, so my prediction, or if, if my prediction was we win every game until the next recording, I did get that wrong. But I am happy with my full send prediction that we'd win our first four league games. 
Which um, I was not aware, as as you said that, that would be a record. I thought... I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't know that was a record for us and in our entire history. This isn't just like in Premier League history. This isn't, you know, within the last century or two. This is like since 1884, we've never won our opening four league games. That is... Yeah. And as considering some of the seasons we have had in our past, that's pretty mental to consider. Yeah. Um... But we're recording slightly later than we probably would. We'd probably normally record this more towards the like the last few days of the month instead of after the first game of the next month. And that's just because if we record like a couple of days before the end of September, we'll talk about transfers, and then within 24 hours of recording, um, our transfer news will be way out of date because that's how the transfer window works. So should we just mention uh, brought a few players in right at the end, didn't we? We did. So, obviously, um, Cesare Cassidy, um and Thomas Cannon, some big ones. Um, we've yep. bought lots of wingers. Uh, oh, my God. Um, yes. Fat. We have Jungus Adkun, right winger, coming on loan from Galatasaray, and Abdul yep. Fatawu from uh, Sporting. That's um, right. Multiple wingers. And, uh, you know, the latter definitely had a brilliant... Um, Sort of showing in his debut today in a hole. Um, mm-hmm. It was very. He, he hit the post. Would have been a brilliant goal. Uh, would have been a brilliant e- equalizer. Would have definitely been Harvey Barnesque in terms of a e- ooh, an equalizer um, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately for Barnes at Newcastle, that wasn't the case. But I'm not bitter or salty about that fact. Even <laughs> if Madison had a cracking game with Spurs, but then I guess when you have a Burnley who decide not to sit deep, it do- they do make you look better. But anyhow. Skimming yep. again over that salt. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Some really interesting signings. We have a brilliant window. Um, I think, you know, with it, the the Italian, Cassade, uh, who I'm probably butchering his surname, but he, he's been really energetic when he... Yeah, you know, in the game great. Comes in, he's not... He only started against Tranmere, but he has been very good. I mean, obviously a debut mm. goal always endears you. Um, yeah, especially when it's a last-minute winner. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to have to... That was going to be the draw. I thought, you know, everyone was yeah. mentioning we were on track for a record. I'm like, well, dude, here it is. Merry Christmas. You know, well done. Uh, like, oh, oh thought, shit. Yeah. That, was the, that was the game I thought, oh, I, I'm not getting that prediction right. Especially because I think Tyler did predict we'd get a draw in it, didn't we? Or one of you two did. I can't remember which one of you I did. I suggested a draw, I think, at Cardiff. I had this feeling at some point at home we wouldn't do well. And it's we right. I just didn't realise it would take so long. I thought there would be yeah. a home game where we we got on our own heads. Just because that's very on brand for us. Uh, regardless of the manager, mm. over the years, we always seem to just have these home games where we get inside our own heads or the yeah. crowds adversely affects the team. I don't know why. And this has been, like I said, this has been... As far as I can remember, going back from what we were originally in the championship before we went back, went into the Premier League last time, you know, it seemed to be very similar from what I can remember. There's always like these odd home games. So, yeah, that ended up being Hull. And, you know, um, without jumping straight to that, you know, they were, they were clearly quite organized, but it also just seemed like we were just a bit off. But maybe the international break has come at a good time. But we'll uh, yeah. jump to that now. But uh, so also worth just mentioning a few more players have gone out on loan. Since we last spoke, um, Lewis Brunt, if you've been following the academy teams, off to Mansfield. Victor Christiansen to Bologna. Well, Bologna, Bologna. Yeah, he he had a good little opening match, didn't he? I think he got an assist or two for them uh, in that game. So obviously, is is well did well. Um, yeah. Obviously, Thomas and VK both left backs. So it was a big question mark. Like, well, we brought in Doyle, but 
evidently, and from how Doyle plays, we don't really use like traditional left backs. You know, Ricardo and Doyle are basically in the box. I'm looking at Alice of Loans out, um, and we've loaned Bubakare Sumare off to Sevilla as well. Yes. Yeah, well, he, I, I don't think he ever really had the physicality for English football. Not to yeah. be mean to him. He ha- you can see he had brilliant technical ability, but he reminds me of like a lesser... Oh, what's his name who went to uh, Spurs? And he was supposed... He was like, their record signing, and he's still there. Just this massive pile of dead wood on their team, and I, it completely escapes me who he is. I am totally not that just googling this. A lot for how well for how well he did, Richarlison. No, it's not Richarlison. No. Apologies, I. I'm just trying to think. Endombele, Tangai Endombele from uh, Lyon, and uh-huh, he yes. was this massive technician. You know, he was brilliant at Lyon, and then for whatever reason, it did not hit off at Spurs. Um, he has had multiple managers who have just said he doesn't have a great work ethic. And I think there's a big part of that as well. I think yeah. Samari's fallen foul of it. I think there's been a couple of players who fell foul of that. Um, but I think Samari, I think it's just too physical and I think he will probably benefit more from a continental style of play. Uh, it's just not to denigrate mm. continental football, but it isn't, it's more technical than the English game. English game, if you bring enough physicality to it, you, you can uh, overturn a result. Um, and that's why I think teams like Man City are just insane because they combine both that physicality with the technicality. It's just yeah. mental. But um, without jumping a subject too much, yeah, I think yeah that makes sense. Luke Thomas, again, a bit of a weird one. We've loaned up to uh, Sheffield. Yeah, that is a weird one because you kind of feel well he's being loaned because he's not good enough for us. Which, but, yeah. uh, generally speaking, I mean, if you look around, he seems to get a lot more flack than I think he deserves. Um, we seem to have a tradition of doing that with our left backs. Chilwell got a lot of flack, which I thought at the time was undeserved, but he's inherently, you know, just rolled into that whole form of being an ultra douche. But I, Chelsea does that to people, so that's. Oh, okay. yeah, believe me, don't I know it? Um, <laughs> for those unsure, I grew up um, after I moved away from Leicester, I was age 10, I grew up in an area of largely Chelsea supporters. Then, shall we go over. Uh, our August games, how how they did, like broad strokes. Yes, we won both our League Cup games. I'd say fairly comfortably, two nil wins each against Burton and Tranmere. Mm, yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, won four league games um, today was until we lost to Hull. Yeah, Hull was our fifth, fifth league game, leaving us third in the table, only a point behind Preston. Yeah, and it's been some scrappy wins. I have to admit, I, I, I've been nervous. I know we've been winning. Yeah. And it's been brilliant. And there's definitely been a lot of patience. A lot of our goals have come in the last 15 minutes. So there's been a lot of last-minute winners, which always makes for exciting games. And the comeback feels which which is completely different to how it was under Rodgers in the later, you know, the last season and the, just before the, you know, his uh, last season with us. Um, we, we seemed to crumble in the last 15 minutes, you know, yeah. the polar opposite. We used to be able to really struggle holding leads. But... Um, the big thing for me in that is that um, you know in the League Cup games, just to go to, and Diddy's become the scoring machine. When, yeah, I, I was going to say, how's that happened? I was going to say this this season. I think we have, by my count, three players tied for top scorer. Yeah, I believe you're absolutely um, right. And in Diddy's one, three of them. players, and in Diddy's one of them. Uh, the other two, uh, of course, um, Kiki Kin and Dewsbury Hall scored both goals at Coventry. Mm-hmm. And Casey McAteer scored both goals at Rotherham. 
Absolutely. But it's yeah. just it's 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 crazy though, isn't it, when you think about that? Yeah. Um I say yeah, I've got I've had the general thing of none of our games have been as comfortable as I'd have liked them to be, given that no. we're meant to be like the champions elect of this this that this division. But well, we've struggled. I a lot. There's two other teams that would who would like to compete with that. But given Southampton got spanked five 0 by Sunderland, it shows that we everyone has a bad day at the office. Ours just wasn't that bad, thankfully. But, yeah, I mean it, it's it feels very gauche to say that. Um, but it's what the bookmakers are saying. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think I would... there's a lot of expectation, and I think this is where yes. we need to be careful. And I think Enzo said this. Enzo's been very good, I think, in managing things. And he has said, you know, everyone's going to come at us because we are probably one of the bigger, if not the biggest fish in the championship. And yeah. people are going to want that scalp. Um, for morale, people are also going to think that means they've got a good chance at sort of making a difference or getting promoted, you know, you know, you know, taking, you know, whole fans, uh, whole City fans, I suspect, will be very happy with the results today, because I don't think a lot well, of them went in being particularly optimistic. And, I mean, so they should, you know. <laughs> it was a I bit mean, scrappy, I, not to be, you know, sound salty, but it was a bit of a, you know, and this is going to be my moan, I don't know why, I, I can't wait till Vestergaard goes back and onto the bench where he belongs. I, I, just... I saw someone comment though that our players deserve danger money for the game. I don't think it was that bad, but um, it got a bit scrappy the, 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 the this last game, but, didn't it? Um, but a lot of them are games are going to be a lot scrappier in the championship than they were yeah. in other. I mean, Rotherham was quite scrappy as well, and Coventry, strangely enough, didn't for for a derby for an opening derby get into game. It was pretty Coventry or another gentlemanly. Team. Yeah. Coventry another team looking to finish high up. They're they're playing a more technical game, I think, than the rest of the championship. Yeah, um, and I think that 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 challenged us. And I think them and Hull were I think with not showing us respect, and I say that, you know, in quotes and playing their game is definitely yeah. it, it definitely did them well. I think Coventry you know, I, I loathe to say it. I think they kind of got a bit football managed like we did today and they just didn't if they're finishing, just let them down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as one of the things to finish, thought yes, we haven't been winning comfortably as I'd have hoped against you know teams I feel we should be beating comfortably. We have been scrapping out wins in close games, which when you look at how we did in close games last season, mm. much improved. Um, I think our worry about not having a creative outlet with Barnes and Madison leaving has proven we've you know we've had players step up like Kid and Dewsbury Hall stepped up I think. Casey McAteer, I've been happy with, and um, you know Mavi Didi's been good. Mm. Uh, I think Nacho's been playing well. I think the the players we've needed to step up to fill that role have, by and large, filled that role. In some ways, I think this is where it's been good. I think towards the end of the relegation season, we definitely were like got to a point where we just passed the ball to Madison and hoped he could do something. Yep. I think Spurs, you know, I don't know if I've been talking about Spurs, but as, as you might know, I famously have a Spurs misses, but um, they, without Kane, everyone goes, oh, where the goal's going to come from? And I think people were kind of suggesting that I, you know, when I talked to people, when the hmm. season ended and speculation started happening around Barnes, Madison, it's like, you don't want to sell both of them. That would really screw you. And it's yeah, like, where I did mean, the goals come from? And part of me was a bit like, you're not wrong, but it's nice to see, actually, now people have to kind of take on some responsibility and the team are responding. Yeah, I mean, on the face of it, was it those, those were our two top scorers last year? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Absolutely. Like um, but yes, uh, we, we've had really good, good games. I think probably the Cardiff game was our most exciting one. It was Without very, a doubt. I think yeah, it was 
That was good fun. I mean, obviously, yeah, having a debut goal winner, um, our, you know, that goal from uh, Marcel, uh, I'm not going to butcher his surname, but Marcel. Marcel uh, Matty Verdua, I think. Matty Verdua, yeah. Um, but he his goal was a rocket. I mean, I, I don't bring I don't bring any honour to his name, but he, he, he that was a brilliant goal. I mean, that, that was just threaded through about like five players and just was like a rocket. Just yeah. beautiful. Off a, off a set piece as well, so that was quite nice. And I was really happy to see McAteer get a couple of goals as well against Rotherham. I mean, his first he... goal for the club was... I mean, I saw it and thought, he, he'll score harder goals than that. It was a tap-in from about five inches at the back post. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've got to be there, you've got to beat your man there, and he did. No, absolutely. He he definitely stood there. And, you know, he was in the whole game. He was brilliant in yep. in the whole game. He he and, made um, one of their defenders just fall flat on their ass. I can't remember the uh-huh. oil or something, but he was brilliant to watch. And his second goal was really good. Yes. Oh no, it was. I mean, it was out. Was it out? Outside boot kind of hit. Right. Yeah. It was, was right. jumping midair. I mean, it's not an easy one to to pull off. Well. Yeah. From the right hand side as well. It was one where I thought that cross has gone a bit wrong when I first saw him strike it. And then mm. I realised, oh, that was a shot. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I um, I still think uh, Ndidi's potential second goal during his League Cup, the last League Cup game was uh, definitely a cross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you, you take your wins where they come from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be the second person to ask him whether he meant it when he scored that goal. Because there was one... I think it's in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, a couple of years ago, it kind of fell to him and it looked like he tripped over the ball and accidentally knocked it into the net and he was asked if he meant it it was like of course i meant it don't be stupid yeah he didn't mean it <laughs> no no he didn't but yeah it's all been a bit scrappy i think i think the loss came at a good time i think that in the international you know obviously we've now got the international window coming mm-hmm. up um it's a good time for i think enzo would be like look it's all been fun and games but this is what happens when you don't show patience i think our younger players definitely fell down today. There's a lot of youth in our team now. A lot yeah. of youth. You know, I think the most, you know, and they will, it'll be a bit of a learning curve for them. And I think today will be a bit sort of, you know, they'll have to try and figure out how they're going to show that patience. Because that's a big part of Enzo Ball, isn't it? He very much like, no, we're not just going to boot it. You know, you know, Dewsbury Hall shot it into Rose Z. I think everyone took a turn mm-hmm. shooting it to Rose Z. I think even Winks, Winks probably had the closest Ooh. one. Maybe it was more like Rose. Winks Ro had a N. go. Ricardo yeah. had a couple of goes. Um, yeah, I definitely frustration. Hall, to their credit, were very organised in that back end. Well, they got their goal and they sat in deep and they did it in a very organised fashion. And sides in the championship will do that. And we've shown that we can break them down. Rotherham, yes. you know, again, I've, can be a very well organised side. Yes, they're not having a great beginning to the season but you know they can't you know you should never underestimate any team and teams in this division are very good defensively or can be i feel cardiff were similar as well with you know a very resilient defense oh yeah i was not convinced that we would get that goal um i I actually i think i was kind of guilty of thinking we were going to get the penalty Mm. and stop paying attention to the fact we then scored so this goal actually came a bit as a bit of a shock to me so i was still kind of like where's the why is the ref not called for a penalty and then saw them reeling off like, oh he scored so i, I definitely <laughs> got caught off guard i think a few people in the stadium got caught off i think some people are still calling out for the penalty and i think Vardy yeah. just took the win yeah absolutely. yeah yeah it's uh it, it'd be like that ref i mean the referee probably had a moment to think i'll just see what happens for the next moment 
I wonder yeah, if we did by the whistle, who... yeah. Yeah. And I think once you give the uh, arm signal that you've played advantage as well, you're committed to it. But you can just sit for like two seconds while you decide what to do. Absolutely. Um, you can like, call back. Yeah. Unlike rugby, where you could, the referee can call for an advantage and then you can sit on that advantage for like three or four minutes before the referee says, all right, you got no advantage and bring it back for the penalty. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and there's two different types of advantage in rugby as well. It's mad. Nice. That is mad. But yeah, the. Um... Um, yeah, it's been a fun month. I think it's been a really good beginning. It's definitely a step. It's where I'd like us to be. Uh, I think we're now yeah. third in the division, which I'll take. Um, you know, I think, yes. you know, we obviously are... Ipswich and Preston are ahead of us. I think Preston kind of caught me off guard. But mm-hmm. again, all good sides. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. Preston have only team in the division, I think, unbeaten. Oh, no, mm. they're not. Just looking down the league table, Birmingham fourth, but they've drawn two games. Yeah, um, um and Ipswich are level on points with us with a better goal difference. They are. Um, yes, only us and Ipswich, I think, are the only teams other than Stoke to uh, not draw in the entire division so far. So, you know. Yeah, oh, no, I've got QPR as well. Oh, QPR. No, absolutely right. QPR Sorry. and 17. Unusual, but, but we'll take it. Um, <laughs> lots of three-pointers. Obviously, a lot of potential draws that we turn. I think showing that grit shows that we have the potential to really grind out. And given this team is new to one another, to show that we can start doing that with you know fairly new teams to one another. In people come from all sorts of different backgrounds. I mean, we had one guy who started today who was just doing a Champions League qualifier. It's mental the talent we've attracted. You know, Winks. Not so long ago, I had an amazing game against Barcelona and people were talking about him being the next, you know, amazing mm. number eight, you know, and all this. And you know, so, so we've got a really strong squad. We should be doing well. And and if I really want to point out things, we're in third with Southampton in seventh and Leeds, you know, flailing in 15th so far. Obviously, it's a long season ahead of us, but yeah, a lot of our immediate Premier League uh <laughs> competition or a former Premier League competition um, all there but it's a long season and there's still the Christmas period to go to and yeah. Christmas tends to the Christmas period tends that to kind of be rough it can be rough and it kind of breaks the men from the boys uh, it's a, it certainly tests people uh, people's um, depth which I think we yes. now have um, it'd yeah. be interesting to see we, with some of the people we didn't offload kind of going back to that Suter is an interesting one Suter I thought looked really promising and he's now you know behind Vestergaard you know I still Mm, that surprised me. I mean, I know there's been a thing of leaving some players out because there's been rumours about them. I think that's why um, that's only why Castagna hasn't featured this season because you know yeah. there was interest in. I think Sutor was in a similar situation, wasn't he? Yeah. There was interest in him, so um, Enzo wasn't playing him. Um, I'd be curious to see. I mean, with the match today, it's one of those ones where, well, the transfer window only shut what yesterday so he probably if he wasn't in the plan if you know if the plan wasn't to put him in the game that he could move out he probably wasn't in the game plan because i can see that's probably why the manager's not playing players with that interest because you could be planning making your game plan assuming that player's there then suddenly poof they're gone and your game plan's a bit ruined no absolutely so the next game we have got two weeks to plan for games with suitors so i'll be curious to see whether he's back for southampton 
well, for that reason. At the minute, I just realised that Nelson was on the bench as backup to Vestergaard, not mm. Ivan Suter. So, yeah, obviously we have to see, you know, we're not having two keepers on the bench anymore, so we're starting to get more <laughs> outfield players. Um, Wards and Iverson are still around. I have a sense that Ward is becoming our third keeper because he seems to be the most prominently next selected keeper. Iverson, I think, is the odd one out so far. He's the most likely to be closest to the door, if that makes sense. Yeah, we do have a lot of goalkeepers. Do we still have Stolarczyk and Smithies? Stolarczyk, yeah, Smithies is around. Stolarczyk has been our second pick, and he has been the keeper for our, our League Cup games, isn't he? And he's, mm, the only yeah. one, he's the only one of a clean sheet so far. Um, yes, yeah. And of course, we had that one game where Mads had hurt his hand or something. Yes, Huddersfield, and that was did, our third yeah. clean sheet this season. <laughs> so so far, it's Delarchik has started three and conceded zero. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas um, Hermanson has how many has he conceded now? A few. It's a few. I think he's well. He's conceded all of them. So you know, four, yeah. So he's five, conceded. Five, he's conceded four. By my count, well, according yeah, to the league four, table, yeah. we've conceded four. Yeah, it's eight four. Yeah, jeez, it's just a very unfortunate. And I think you know, even today, I think if Vestergaard hadn't put a deflection on it and thrown oh, yeah. him off, that was just I've I've had that just a saying as a. I was just playing goalkeeper last night and I had one of those where I went the right way and then someone deflected it. And but you're already mid air and there's no yeah. stopping it, so you're kind of like, thanks for that. It was a vicious deflection. You know, yeah, and you have that, oh, thanks for that, you idiot. Uh, internal reaction, we have to go with, no, I want my defenders to still try and make those blocks. I am. Um, so it's a bit of a, it's a friendly that I go on the Fridays, but I, the guy who's in front of me, I'm actually quite good friends with, but I, I at one point could have killed him. I'm like, could you stop being right in front of me? Like, he wants to be the sweeper and I needed him to go uh, further ahead of me. And I was kind of like, since we were pressing quite high, I could have done with him more to my left because whoever was on my left kept disappearing and that's where a lot of the shots came from luckily i'm right-handed so i prefer taking the shot across from my right <laughs> yeah so that's okay for me but i i still didn't want to be that exposed to my left and i didn't need that much defense in front because a lot of them well, a lot of them just well, don't have the pace to run down the middle without multiple people getting on top of them so. i was gonna say you know i didn't i i didn't need that much defense in in front because i'm a fucking good goalkeeper uh, I, I thought you. I thought that's thing. where you're going to go with that. No, 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 no. I just in that particular game, I don't find a lot of shots come down the middle for whatever reason. I, I a lot of the players like to go out wide and shoot from an angle, which is I much prefer because it's easier to, for me. It's easier to, in my in my ability to, to do so. Yeah. But in front of you, I mean, that's the worst. If you do get someone in front of you, it gets a bit desperate. The first goal I conceded, not this is about me, but the first goal I conceded was again defender stood right in front of. Yeah, I thought he was going to close him down, didn't stood. Dead, and I had only like a millisecond to react to the change in trajectory, and I think I was pretty much mid-air or committed to to the direction I was going, which is always a little bit frustrating. Um, I tried to save it with my foot and do the whole Pickford thing, but I am um, I'm not that athletic. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I think it hit my foot, but it, it very much was a uh, yeah. Anyways, it was fairly academic at that stage. But um, more more to this though, you know, um, I think Hermanson is he's been really good. His distribution's amazing. His passing under pressure. I really, I really admire that. So whilst he's been a bit unfortunate and the goals conceded, I yeah. don't think that's necessarily been his fault. And I think he's been his ability to, act, you know, move people up. He very much, I could see the Man City inspiration. It very much reminds me of Ederson for sure. So 
yeah um really promising start really interesting stuff obviously we talked today after a bit of a bit of a shitty loss really it was just kind of but we had a team that came to us and they nicked the winner and then we just couldn't break them down so definitely a lot to learn we've got a couple weeks to reset uh, yes. and train the end and get all the team used to each other. I mean, some of these guys, I think one of them was only signed a day or so ago and then he's playing. So mm. it was never going to hit off in me immediately. And to be honest, most teams, even, you know, people talk about us doing a Burnley. Burnley did quite well, but they actually spluttered, if I remember rightly, they spluttered quite a bit at the beginning and then kind of built momentum. So yeah, I think we've given ourselves a good foundation. And I think we need to make sure we learn from our mistakes in Southampton. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one, especially on a Friday on the Rob, road. Rob if it Tanner, rains, <laughs> yes. uh, Rob Tanner was saying uh, in a piece on the Athletic that you could see. I think he wrote it after like the our first one or two games. I can't remember if it was after the Coventry game or after mm. the Burton Albion game, maybe the Huddersfield game. But he commented that you could see the starts of the really good game plan from Enzo. Um, but yeah. said there was still a lot of putting it together to happen. So the fact that we can get through a putting it together happen and win four out of five, um, or if you prefer, win six out of seven, uh, is great. But should we talk about you know that Southampton game, the games we've got coming up in the Absolutely. next month? Yeah, Southampton on the road, obviously, there's always the legendary 9 nil night. I'm sure we'll be uh, keen to remind them, especially since it happened on the Friday. Um, yeah, and uh, how did you, you mention their last result? What was it again? Five nil. So, I think Cardiff, not Cardiff. Apologies, wrong. Seaside so, City. Sunderland. Maybe the same. Sunderland. Um, uh, yeah, Sunderland. Obviously, yes. Yeah, Spanked them five nil. Um, not a great result. I read from a Saints fan, and this is obviously uh, necessarily make it true, but it was interesting to see that some people were under the impression that some of the players may have not been happy with the results of the transfer deadline day. And maybe there are a few uh-huh. more people looking for exit. I I don't really know the ins and outs. So I, I'm not that I have not followed Southampton that particularly. But um, from yeah. what I also make out is Holgate had a absolute howler. So um, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, the, yeah the, but... the family team Southampton. My granddad supported. He tried very hard to make me a Southampton fan. Oh, did he? Stick. Yeah, yeah. Trying to see, but you, have you gone? Have you gone to the grounds? The oh yeah, yeah. Rotten, I went. Yeah. I've been to the Dell once or twice to see Southampton play from the Southampton end. Once against Leicester City, actually. I have <laughs> a, I have a very clear memory of there was a point where someone back passed it to Casey Keller was in goal at the time, mm. um, and he ran up to boot it and entirely missed the ball. Oh. And there was this massive moment of panic, but fortunately it went about six inches outside the goal. <laughs> oh, my days. Everyone in the stadium thought we were witnessing one of the most embarrassing own goals of the Premier League era. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Football in the seen... 90s was wild, man. It was. That's a, mm, that's definitely a big one. I mean, so I'm just thinking some of their outgoings. So they've had some massive outgoings. They have sold. They have actually outdone us in selling. They have sold uh, Lavia for sixty million, uh, Livermento for thirty, you know, just over thirty-five, thirty-seven million. Ward Prowse, big loss, big loss for them. Yeah, uh, he's so big for them. Yeah, Teller, another big loss. They sold over to Bundesliga, Salasu, again, another big name, and a couple other players. They lost a lot of players, and they've brought in quite a few. Uh, Ryan Fraser comes 
comes in, you know, um, having been uh, formerly a Bournemouth player, he's uh, obviously not, he's been pushed out probably by Harvey Barnes and a bit of his age. But a lot of their uh, signings, um, their big signing would be Harwood Bellis uh, from Man City, uh, because apparently Man City just went and offered (laughs) their under-21s to most of the the league. I think they also signed uh, another Man City player in Shea Charles. So, yeah, yeah, um, lots of so obviously lots of signings um and promotion uh sorry relegation even so he's a really brought in it. so russell martin will be looking to really see things out but you know when they've made 150 odd million pounds from their sales there's going to always be a massive hit to the squad and i think maybe they are kind of going through a teething process um but just maybe their talent isn't quite there yet or maybe it just hasn't clicked yet but um yeah, hopefully their misery continues when we go to play them. Um, yeah, like I, said, I'm, I, I bought. <laughs> I, I, I do hope so as well. Um, the game for UK viewers it'll be on Friday the fifteenth after the international break. It's on eight pm at on Sports. That's where you can watch it legally. Um, and we've got we seem to have a few. Over, I think our next three away games are all on Sky. Um, yes. Oh no, I'm yeah. not counting the League Cup game. Not counting the League Cup, but um, you're absolutely right. You know, the next three games are all uh, away games are all on Sky because we also have uh, Norwich City, who are having a good start to the season. They are obviously regular, a bit of a yo-yo club. Something we could probably, yeah. um, you know, I think they are comparable to what we were like maybe ten years ago, uh, where they were yeah. kind of coming in and out of the Premier League, uh, as it were, um, quite a lot. And they're doing quite well, um, and they're, you know. They, they're scoring a lot. I mean, they, I think, are yeah. the highest goal scorers with 14. And they've got, was it Jonathan Rowe? Rowe is Probably the uh, danger they've, player there. They've scored four goals in uh, two different games this season. Yeah, they, they had a four off draw with Saints and uh, beat Huddersfield 4 0. Well, they have Apologies. just lost to Rotherham. Um, they also yeah. got a 3 1 win over Millwall. So, yeah, they've been they're... scoring freely. They they have been scoring quite freely and um and sadly I know that they it's John it's Roe, uh, because uh you I keep seeing the memes on various places about no so Norwich fans are very excited about that, especially since um Sergeant uh has taken an injury. I think it's a long term mm. injury at their side, so very unfortunate for them. But um they, they seem to be making the most of it. So yeah, it's Norwich is gonna be an interesting one um on the road for us. They being defensively a bit permeable uh i think it's the fancy way of saying that they're a bit leaky in the back is uh will yep. be beneficial to us hopefully connor cody comes back i have a little more faith in connor cody dealing with the fast paceness where i would if vestergaard went one-to-one with maybe roe i would be a bit concerned <laughs> that's my only i think vestergaard is good in all regards unless he's turned if he is turned i have seen i i it's could like, probably run faster than him and i am not an athletic individual it's like watching a tugboat turn around that's it's really mean of me but yes, comparatively speaking, it's not. It's it's definitely his weakest part of the game. He's his distribution hmm. is fine. His defensive instincts is relatively okay. But it, it, his ability to to track down, I mean, he very much has to rely on Faze and Doyle if they're not yeah. too far out one. Faze, I mean, Faze has been immense in our last few games. But yeah, yeah. and to be fair uh, to Vestergaard, I think his his ability to distribute has been working well for us. Yes. Um, it's what he wants, isn't it? And I think this is where he is getting ahead of Suter, where Suter is maybe not as comfortable on the ball. Yes. I think Suter is more out-and-out centre-back, more used to working in a back four than a back three, where Vestergaard was very much in a back three, strangely enough, at Southampton. 
yeah un- under the sort of original sort of thing and obviously they're Southampton much like us have changed quite drastically but used to back three he's been really good but Norwich away it'll be very I think it'll be quite an open game they'll have to come at us it'll be interesting to see how we do that so whole city I was a team that came to us and then we're gonna have Norwich will be doing the same how we'll handle that is going to be really interesting along with Southampton yeah, so I, I think we'll have to be better about it Norwich and Southampton are almost certainly two teams who will be wanting to prove that they can beat us they won't be teams who come here saying best we can hope for is a draw i think very few teams will but they're the teams Mm. who can do it with more justification than others yes Um, absolutely and after that bristol at home i have to admit i've not followed much of bristol but obviously nigel pearson coming i think they've asked it to be moved and i sense there will be a bit of a clap nigel pearson um for yeah uh, I think that'd be interesting. Um, he, yeah, obviously, massive part of our club. The massive, you know, rationale behind yeah. uh, how it, how we did, um, and how we formed up, and how we didn't free fall. We could have. I mean, there's definitely a period well, in our history where we could have free fallen through the leagues quite rapidly. Yeah, he so got us. He he stopped that, didn't he? He got us promoted. He did the great escape. Arguably, um, the Claudio Ranieri team, which won the Premier League. Uh, was very much a Nigel Pearson team and very much, you know, very much was built around how Pearson wanted to play. I think I could see a lot more of Pearson's style than Ranieri's style in that season. No, I absolutely. Yeah, um, I think... It just seemed, yeah, it's just one of those weird magical things. It was, I've heard a lot of people say it was a Pearson team with a with Ranieri at the helm, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's, it's kind of a bunch of teams who are... Do we face well? I mean, Southampton. You know, they're, they're facing the teams what seventh, fifth, and eighth in a twenty-four team league. It's quite a tough, uh, tough set of fixtures next month. It's yeah. This is going to be. A, I think it'll be a real testing month. I mean, we've gone through a few teams where we should be obviously making a good deal, and we've made the most of it. But now this is where we're going to be. Our metal's going to be quite tested, mm-hmm. and we will need to um, stand up for it uh, definitely. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's going to be a tough month. Bristol will be tough, and then obviously Liverpool. We're going to be, you know, would be our last outing of Liverpool was quite humbling. In, it was a friendly, but it was still quite humbling. It was quite humbling. Yeah, we showed a lot of spunk kind of at the beginning, but it, it definitely fetted out. And Liverpool showed that they could do it a lot better than we could. Uh, so I'm not holding my breath for that, but I well, think that could be an interesting game to see well, how we yeah. fare against a Premier League side. Yes, I suspect they won't put out their first team no i think I with blackburn rovers around the corners but... yeah i i don't know actually i think we could end up putting out a big side i think there might be some argument i'm just saying there might be some argument to kind of get us used to what will be quite a heavy schedule in december and kind of mm. do like a bit of a taster to see what kind of endurance we can do and maybe i think there'll be some rotation inevitably i think stellarchik will probably still go and go and stuff but it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how that fares um but yeah like you said we'll have to we'll have to see um then obviously this the one i'm really excited about because i know this will be talked to death and sky will talk about it for for days on end um is the blackburn rovers away because everyone will talk about us both being obviously premier league winners they being the og winners and us being the sort of very odd left left field winners obviously the only two in a championship yes so where the hell did they come from winners um yeah that one's also on sky so predictions for september um i think league cup predictions i i 
kind of don't see us beating Liverpool. Yeah, same. Uh, I think Liverpool also seem to have an axe to grind with us. I never understand that. Um, I also don't understand their fans. I know they're quite curious bunch, but I am. They don't like us. Um, just to say this as the Reddit moderator, I the mo- people we I've had to deal with more than yeah. any other club has been Liverpool, hands down. Yeah, I've seen the uh, I've seen the mod logs. I'm in there as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, you. It's just I don't know what um, it is. I don't know if it's just particularly Reddit thing, but I've I don't know. I've also had some Liverpool fans. I find Liverpool fans either come in two breeds. They either very much liked us because we kind of like the underdogs, or yeah. really hated us. And I'm not. I'll never quite understand that. Um, but there's always some clubs who do it. I mean, my personal favourite uh, thing that I've ever heard against Leicester was us being called the Foxy Bingo c-ts. That was one of the funniest. I, I had to like, I was just so astounded that that was a thing. And I kind of understood where they came from. But I was like, you really just did gra- grab the first <laughs> the first cultural reference to a fox that came to your mind and it gave away mm-hmm. the fact that you watch daytime television is what I, I gathered from that. But it was, it was very funny. But um, um, anyways... Yeah. And the other four matches. So I made you and Tyler go first last time. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put my stall out first this time. I am okay. going to. I am going to go for four games, seven points. Ooh, so two wins and a draw. Eh? Yeah, and a loss. I, I'm not sure who will get the loss against. Um, I kind of. Well, well, so I'm sort of feeling that we'll probably beat Southampton. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of feeling that we will beat one of Bristol or Blackburn and embarrass ourselves against the other one. And yeah, that we'll I... get a draw against Norwich. I don't know why. That's just my gut feeling. See, I'm I'm going to go with, I think, Southampton and us will draw. Norwich away, loss. So draw, loss, and two wins. I think okay. I think we'll have a bit of a bumpy period and then we'll, we'll come back. I think Blackburn Rovers play a really positive game along with like Southampton and Norwich. Bristol will be more of a classic, well would be a Nigel Pearson. T- I mean I'd be, Vardy would be there, well, this is what he liked to do when he was here and he probably wouldn't yeah. have changed too drastically since so we'll I definitely have some sort of inside knowledge on that. Um, it'll be interesting to see I think Andy King is playing for Bristol as well. He is, yeah, so Andy King, a reunion, the, the King the only player to win every, divi- every division from League One to Premier League with Leicester City or any club. He is the only one to win the top three divisions in at least within the Premier League era. Yeah. He is uh, sorry, very much a legend. So Andy King will definitely get a bit of a standing ovation, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, Nigel Pearson. Um and oh, who's the other player they have? We never played him, but he's kind of a cult hero. Um Matty not... James. Matty James. Matty James, oh yes. Matty James and Andy King. What a I mean, what a pen is. I mean Matty James had a very unfortunate sort of beginning to life and just had two nasty injuries, one after the other. And then Andy King, obviously a legend for for us, a massive element of what we are. But yeah, two big mm. names. And then obviously Nigel Pearson, obviously again, another legendary um, you know, manager for us. I think, I, I know I was throwing legendary a bit liberally there, but they are very much big parts of Leicester history, particularly in recent history. Um, so obviously well appreciated. So Bristol, um, I think that's starting at a weird time to kind of give them the nod. I think they're going to do some pre-game stuff to kind of honour those people. So obviously they're big parts of mm. where Leicester went and uh, the successes they were part of. But yeah, Bristol, so, I hopefully think we kick their ass as a, as a celebration. So what you're saying then is mm-hmm. your big long prediction is that um, Bristol will get promoted this year, just <laughs> scrape survival next year. So that's yeah. in a 2025 season. And then 
2026 Bristol City Premier League champions. Is is that your prediction? That would be that would be amazing to be honest. That, I'd love it. I I would I would that would definitely be a slow clapper like of respect if they if they if somehow did did they would that would actually be doing a Leicester not whatever this bullshit. I saw something where someone suggested last season that Arsenal doing a Leicester. I'm like, you do not do a Leicester by spending £300 million in one transfer window. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's not... You do it. It is like... That is basically like getting from... You know, doing a Leicester is like getting from, I don't know, the South Coast all the way to, you know, John O'Groats on like a £2 bus ticket. That is what doing a Leicester is. <laughs> that's that's what I want to hear. That is that is you yeah. That's not. Yeah. I think it gets too easy. But there's a few teams. I think, in a more serious note, obviously, in those teams, Norwich have that danger to be. I think they'll be quite dangerous. I I suspect a loss there. I really do. I think they are. Def- I don't think. I think whole city showed if you just test our defenses, there are weaknesses there. I think we work on the basis that we go forward. It's a bit like Man City. Man City are brilliant as long as down the front foot, but when they get on the back foot, they almost look confused. Yeah, if they're not they're not used to be there. You think we've got a bit of the same. Yeah, I thought to obviously draw that comparison is I think Man City are very much there's levels, right? Even when we were in yes. the Premier League, I know we beat them and we had some cheeky tactics to do so. Um and we also won the Premier League before that. Oh no, actually after them didn't we? But still Yeah after them. Um It was Liverpool we won the Premier League before. It was, um, and absolutely. for that matter, Tottenham. Just uh, you Just need to remind Marie of anything next time you're feeling a bit cocky. Don't. I've been suggesting that this would have been good since they had no European football. They could go for for trophies, and they're like, no, we need to build. But I yeah. actually, uh, Postacoglu, he's quite entertaining as a manager. I, I've quite enjoyed his his conferences and stuff. Obviously, Marie watches him. I obviously watch him next to him. He's been quite interesting, but yeah. so is Enzo. I think I like Enzo a lot. He's very sort of passionate. Um, I've yeah. kind of missed that. We've not had that since weirdly since Nigel Pearson. I think I think a lot of our guys are like Cole yeah, well, Rogers, um, have been they, very they, sort of flat. They're they? all they're all they're all very let's say media friendly. Well, not even just media friendly. Ranieri was a bit weird, and he, but he was he was oh. always quite level headed. If I, I know that sounds yes, weird. in a weird, yeah, in a weird way, as level headed as you could be when you say "dilly ding, dilly dong." He said a lot of weird things. Mm. Um, it's not quite up there with Nigel Pearson's ostrich um, incident, I, but it, it, it's. I mean, he had Ranieri. Some weird the thing is, we say you know, say Ranieri, good at the media. What? But there was a proper media circus around us that year, and the thing yeah. Ranieri did really well was manage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I think right. he did I think that was there's there's a yeah, it's you know. an understated uh job he did there. And I think he wasn't overly stated because I think people were like, oh you're gonna win and he's like, well we're gonna get the forty points and yes. I wanna get I wanna get clean sheets and stuff. He I was very this, for a level. few years after that we'd start singing we're staying up once we reach forty points, regardless of how far we were up the table. Absolutely, I still um, will do that. I'll do that this season as well. I know it's not necessarily forty points in cha- in the championship. But... Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's is it a point per game typically as your safety margin, isn't it? Yeah, so it's forty six. Yeah. I could go over the historical stats and figure it out, but uh, I can't be bothered. Um, right, no, should we talk? Should we talk a bit about the women's game? Absolutely, because um. You know, we we did actually talk about this our uh, last month's episode, last month's one, mm-hmm. and I ended up uh, not using it because at the time we recorded, I hadn't actually seen hardly any of the World Cup, and it was obvious. Um, <laughs> but I've got all caught up since then, and also 
in the like the week between we recorded it and me coming round to edit it, um, pretty much everything we said went out of date anyway. Yes. There was a Women's World Cup. Um, we England ended up runners up to a fantastic Spain side. Yeah, um, obviously Spain emphatically had a you know really good win. Um, I thought they were going to start hiccuping. Obviously, they got pummeled by Japan four yeah. nil. Out of surprise, and then Japan did. I you know I thought Japan. I you know I was betting for them to be a bit of a dark horse, but um, I, I felt sorry for the hosts, uh, or at least the the co-host Australia. Um, I obviously felt sorry for the Kiwis. The Kiwis got but you know didn't pass the group stages, and then obviously yeah. the hosts, the co-host rather again, um, the Australians um kind of lost and had to do the horrible runner-up game, which they also lost. And the runner-up game has got to be the most miserable. Like let's fight for third. Who wants to fight for third? Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, we we had this with England's men in was it the Euros past? It was just, just no, I think, depressing. I think the Euros did Russian away with World the third Cup. place. It was the Russian World Cup. The Euros Russian did World away Cup. with the third place game. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because the, they it's were just depressing. <laughs> they were just so boring. Yeah, um, no one cares. Like it's it's like oh I want to I'm fighting for bronze here. I mean I guess it's kind of another game, but it was very much yeah it's a weird one. But going back to the women's game, um, obviously they had that. Um, I said the Spanish very brilliantly executed. England felt a bit we we were a bit haphazard the whole competition. There was a lot of going behind and then coming back, and then I think yeah. we just got caught out in the final. And Spain yeah, but, was just uh, well drilled. I mean I think I watched it. It's like I can't fault the effort. But Spain were just a better team on the day. They were better prepared. Simple as. I do think they're a bit better at the dark arts, which I I think the, it was interesting to hear the Australian crowd very much sympathetic. I don't know if they were sympathetic to the English or they were just very much like us in that they weren't overly impressed by said dark arts. There was a lot of mm-hmm. easy fallovers and it got pretty nasty, actually. I, I think this is one thing that always surprised me about the women's game. And I'm never sure if it's my perception, you know, some sort of preconceived conception as a man towards women to be like that's unusual to see or if the women's game is actually that more brutal than the men sometimes so well, i'm not to say men's game can't be more brutal but it seems pretty they were pretty vicious to one another yeah i mean one of my favorite mo- memories from that final actually was after mary Earp's amazing penalty save yeah, absolutely. i have oh, yeah. never seen a penalty saved so well that ever. was that was a I I have to admit as a goalkeeper I was very impressed by that. Yes. I, I was actually I to be honest I was quite inspired by that. That was yeah. It was brave. to to take that penalty and hold it. I mean, and then you just see her in the camera cut, so she's just clearly yelling, "Oh, f- off!" Brilliant, such a moment. right as the camera cuts to her. Um, and not to get overly political, but I I was I was quite happy that forced Nike to sell a run of her shirts, which yes. I didn't. I thought that was incredibly disrespectful, not just the goalkeepers, which I take firstly uh, as, as a goalkeeper, but also just it's incredibly rude to a, a woman who is now the golden. It, it took her to be the golden glove winner for them to be like, oh, it's worth running. Like you just, yeah. I just, um, just astounding for Nike who make billions of pounds, they couldn't even shout out a potential but, loss leader in showing respect towards a position that deserves it. But um, to be fair, in terms of hot-headed right, games, okay. I think at the Euros. I definitely the few interactions got rather feisty. Um, yeah. on, on like the whether like I guess there is a socialization thing where like boys, as in you know, as children, boys are taught that it's a bit more okay to be rough with each other than girls are. Um, 
Yeah. There's kind of like, you know, a bit of rough and tumble is just old voice being but yeah, whatever. Something, uh, I had an interesting experience when, so my physics teacher, I went to an all-boys school and my physics mm. teacher was my favourite teacher, as you can tell, because I went and did a physics degree afterwards. But she I left. Did not know that, but yeah, she left to go and teach at the all-girls school, the sister school, which my sister went to. So after the first year of my degree, I was sent to pick my sister up from school and found my old physics teacher at the gates or supervising everyone leaving. And we ha- mm. ended up having like a chat for about an hour and a half while my sister, God bless, was so patient. <laughs> so unbelievably <laughs> patient. Um, but um, she, like one of the questions was, what's the difference between all-boys school and all-girls school? I said mm. one of the big differences that you know people think girls are nicer. They're like they're not. They're, they're just more psychological. Like she okay. said, like with with the boys' school, she can sort of sense that there's two boys not getting along, and the tension will rise, and then it will yeah. spill over, and they will throw punches, and there'll be a bit of fighting, and they'll get sent out, and the next day they'll come in chatting like friends again, and all the tension's gone. Whereas right. she said, at the girls' school, they, they'll hold grudges for years, and and. They will be so you know they'll psychologically talk to each other. I think there might be a bit of that. Maybe when you see like the the women's game yeah, getting more feisty, there's a bit more. They know how to psych each other out a bit more, perhaps if that theory is true. Maybe and there's there's a bit more nipping and um I I think my one of the more moments I like maybe cock an eyebrow and grin was um I think one of the Spanish players whose name escapes me at the moment giving uh, one of our players the bird and got caught on camera. BBC were not quick on the uh, Mary Epps <laughs> on, on, on that or the, well, Mary, or that, or the Mary Epps I yelling don't think it was, it was very funny. Yeah. I don't think it's be. I think BBC get the camera feed from whatever the worldwide FIFA feed is. Uh, right, no, so it's course, the FIFA director yeah. you can blame. <laughs> Fine. The director wasn't quick enough or was quite happy to let that roll and, and make it laugh. But, uh, but yeah, but, yeah. Th- it was a fun World Cup. I mean, the United States went out surprisingly early. Um, yeah, but they they seem. I was reading about that. And there was a lot of ego. Apparently, the mm-hmm. coach came out and blatantly said there was too much obsession with their individual careers and and you know social media and mucking about. And they at one point were quite relieved to get like a draw. And I think rightly so. The manager was like, "You you're a multi World Cup winning side." With a lot of yep. those players who were on that team still were part of those teams that won those multiple World Cups. And you're here kind of being like, yeah, draw will do us. It's like, that's not, I I, I would say that's not good enough. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think any top side, you know, manager or coach would not be impressed with that. And I think yeah. ego got the better of them. I think they thought they would walk through. And I think the women's game has gotten tougher now. Yeah. So, and the yeah, other one I, is, I don't know how, how many people would have put Sweden in third. Yeah, that was a bit of left field. Um, but, you know, power to them. Yeah, kings you know, of the Nordics. Because <laughs> um, who's won the most World Cups in the women's game? I think the behind the United States, isn't Japan pretty high up there, isn't it? Yeah, Japan obviously have quite... Um, yeah, obviously their women's team were quite strong and it was quite impressive to see them get on, but yeah. Um, because, yeah, Sweden, after beating the USA, like the team who've won the Women's World Cup more times than any other country, hmm. um, then went on and beat... The 2011 champions, Spain. Uh, sorry, when 2011 champions, Japan. Oh, and Germany have won it twice as well. So, yeah, well, the German German football just seems to have collapsed, both men's and it women's. Does, yeah. I don't really I understand don't know what's, what's happened there. I don't know if they've just rested on their laurels. I mean, or, with, yeah. with the men's team, that was the problem. They they just let they had a brilliant squad who won the 2006 World Cup, and they just. <laughs> 
In quite a fashion, yeah. <laughs> and then they just let that team grow old. And was it the 20... Yeah, they won because the, they were quite old when they won the 2014 World Cup as well, weren't they? Yeah, it's because yeah, Muller um, just seems Thomas Muller just seems to be going on, and him but, and Newer just be going on and on and on. They just but they around. never sort of they never made space for new players to come through. So when all the those players that golden generation of theirs retired, they yeah, didn't have anyone. 2014 World Cup final, yeah, they beat they didn't Argentina. have anyone to come through. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that one's memorable more for the semi final they played. <laughs> um, which upended Brazilian football. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if the women's team suffered from the same problem, but if it's an institutional thing, it's entirely possible. Possibly, um, possibly is their, their equivalent of their FA. I don't know what's going on there, but it's it's unusual because even how strong they were both in both men's and women's, they just mm. seem to have evaporated in that space. And I, it's very odd. It's a very strange thing to see how they. Because even France, France, I mean. France have always been strong, and that, now their depth is ridiculous. I mean, their under twenty ones could probably make a good World Cup run if they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just stupid how. But saying that we're doing that now. I mean, I was reading yeah. the other day that the under twenty ones between England and Italy was one of the most scouted games in history. Oh, yeah, it's over a hundred scouts there, or something. Something like yeah. that, and it just shows how us italy france and i I would suspect spain are heavily invested there but spain seems to have dropped off quite not a ton obviously the women's games yeah men's team spain here the women's women's team spain uh i I think they won a major tournament recently didn't they yeah i think they did all right (laughs) um and that was with several of their top players on strike (laughs) not on strike but refusing to be called up (laughs) i was not aware of that actually but that's that's mental I think some of their players had refused to be called up over um, basically the, the working conditions. Um, oh, wow. There, there's enough. been a whole bunch of stuff about it. I can't remember the details. But should we talk about the upcoming um, Women's Super League season? Which Yeah, no, absolutely. It doesn't kick off for a month. The transfer window closes on September the 14th. So we've That's got two right. weeks left of that. Um, we seem and... to be making the odd signing still, don't we? Yeah, and then we kick off properly on october the first yeah so obviously in october um onwards but it's a much smaller league i think they i willie kirk said it they need to expand the league i think one to bring yeah. more rhythm to the game for the women's game but also just to expand it and build bigger depths because at the minute i think leicester very much you know, like arsenal and chelsea a lot of the top sides in the league having invest heavily in academies because there's just no market out there and mm. we've shown that because all the players we've bought have been overseas. Uh, you know, um, we've had a Champions League winner uh, in Yanis Kamen, Um And then obviously we've signed a couple others. I think only Amy Palmer is the only one we bought within the UK and is English. Uh, and she's from Bristol City. Um, but the rest have yep. all been... And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it shows that obviously we're having to go to equivalent leagues. And, you know, we're not going to probably be buying... At this stage, Chelsea or Arsenal or you know Man City offshoots were probably going to be buying. Well, Bristol City, you know they're they're more, more on par of us, aren't they? So maybe like Villa players, but we've sold players to Villa, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah. But um, for now, obviously we we've produced quite a bit of talent. I think we sold a quite you know we we discussed before that we've sold a lot of players, and I'm not sure what is actually going to happen with Plumter. I don't know if she's signed elsewhere, but she's left Leicester, which was a surprise. She obviously played in the World Cup and did well. Nigeria, I think, yeah. had a really good run. And then 
I don't know. I don't know if she's got something in the works. She's taking a break. She's moving on. She's retiring for football. You know, yeah. It was just a bit of a shame because obviously she was quite a formidable defender for us. And it was just kind of, yeah, sorry. I just, I was, I was just really surprised by all of that. And I still am a bit shocked from that's the most shocking transfer of all the club for me personally. Yeah. I'm so surprised by that. You, you would think as a, an international player, who's also been capped at England uh, in England at every age gap up to under 23s right yeah. played for the under 15s 17s 19s and 23s you'd expect that she wouldn't have trouble finding games certainly based on her um, her performances with us she'd not have trouble play, finding yeah. finding a, or even Super League team I'd have thought no, absolutely and I thought you know being at Leicester being at Leicester was going to be um, you know I thought I'd be quite happy with it, but you know, I don't know. It's a strange one. Um, and she's still, like I said, part of the Nigerian team. She'll probably find another team. I don't know where she'll go, but um, yeah, it's just very, yeah. yeah. I don't really know what else to, to do. It's but, a yeah. strange one, yeah. But yeah, since, since, uh, so yeah, since recording, we, we, oh, sorry, we have, we spoke about a bunch of these last time and the ones we didn't use. Um, but we've got quite a few people incoming, right? Janina Leipzig. Um, or Yanina, I don't know. Yanina, yeah. Right. So obviously the goalkeeper from last season, she yeah, was astounding, big, who, big signing. Yeah, yeah, a big signing. She was so important to us staying up. Uh, we also signed another goalkeeper called Lise Kopp. Yes, um, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, we've we've moved on one of our keepers, but yeah, yeah. maybe it's a bit of competition for Leipzig. Yeah, we signed her from Ajax. She plays for the Netherlands, by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean. Um, top players again we've signed some serious quality <laughs> so yeah I mean she was the part of the women's world cup squad that were runners up in 2019 so maybe wow. uh, and she signed for three years so, so it looks yeah. like she wasn't part of the world cup squad this year but she was part of the provisional squad alright but still I mean to say that you were one of the runner ups in the previous international competition it's not bad mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing to have in the old CV I mean obviously everyone wants to be a winner but you know um, but yeah and then Oh yeah, Amy Palmer uh, is another midfielder we've signed. I don't really know much about herself. Y- Yuta Rantala, the the Finnish player. Um, I have to admit, I'm not sure who she be replaced. I was saying we've got a lot of players available. I'm not sure who she playing, but she um, plays as a forward, so she probably just be adding to goals. And I think, as I've moaned before, she mm-hmm. is. You know, we've we've really struggled to score uh, in the women's side. I mean, it's particularly under Bedford, Lydia Bedford. Very much just like, oh, we won't concede that much, but we just never scored. I think we only yeah. scored a handful of times, if that. And it's one of these things. It's all well and good to try and keep sides out. Particularly, you know, we did some really good games. I think we played a game against Chelsea where we held them out for eighty minutes or something, which yeah. is impressive. But you need to attack. You can't just say we're the most defensively organized team and hope for the best and, and Willie Kirk really changed it. he went more to like a 4-2-3-1 sort of system and hopefully um, yeah Yutta Rantala she had a kind of a good run um, in the Finnish uh, equivalent uh, he scored about 8 goals in 17 yep. matches so hopefully hopefully a bit more the same and that or sorry that can translate to Women's Super League and then we've got another defender who I think uh, the French defender Yes, um, highly experienced. Tibau. I'm going to have a go at Tibau, and I'm going to dedicate that pronunciation to um, Luca Dispenser, who I work with, who um, is trying to teach everyone French, and we are all failing him. 
Well, he she was um, she was part of the um, in women the French women's team uh, that got knocked out mm. by Australia, but you know still you know twenty five work plays at board you know played at Bordeaux I should say, yeah, brilliant you know again another statement signing very was you know very organised very um, yeah very experienced signing um, definitely a good replacement for for the aforementioned Plumter, um, but yeah some really big signings some real so we'd looked at really surviving and hopefully crawl up into the mid-table uh, more comfortably and take on the likes of Villa and Brighton and um, a couple of other teams in that sort of area. Well, basically, everyone below the sort of really big ones like Arsenal, Chelsea. And I was going to yeah. Spurs, Spurs women, again, a bit of a weird one. On paper, they should be doing a lot better than they did last season, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, yes, I mean, it, it's going to be one of those years again where our goal is survival Again, comfortable survival, mm. I would hope, this time round, especially with the signings we've made. Um, our first I mean, match we... of the season is on October the 1st, I think, against Bristol City. Yeah, I mean, that that has to be a win. I think if, if yeah. I was Willie Kirk, I'd be going like, if we're not winning that, then we're going to be going into a tough season because they will be one of the lower-hanging fruit in terms yeah, of two points. Yeah, they're, they're the newly promoted team. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table, we're probably looking to beat Brighton again. Uh, probably looking it's hard to say you know I, that's the thing I look at the league table and there's not many teams I say yeah we should be beating them I think I think we should be going toe to toe with the likes of Aston Villa yeah, I think that Villa. Be, Villa and Everton women will be the kind of and Brighton women will be the kind of ones we'll be going yeah. towards in terms of like moving up and that and Liverpool women yeah, I don't possibly. know if I was thinking that because they, they seem to have strengthened they strengthened a lot last year well, they've got a bit of a funny history, don't they? So they they were really strong, and then I think they just got compl- I think they just got ignored by the parent club as they got yeah. more you know, the men's and side got more involved, and then now they're turning back more to the women's they side. They got and, yeah. relegated to the championship the year before we got promoted. I remember we we beat them in quite dominating form in our championship winning season. Yeah, I mean, um, and a then, lot of people thought we were going to storm into the women's super league a lot harder than we actually did. But yes, uh, um, but yes. Um, there's not a whole lot to say. It's very hard to preview a game that's a full month away. I think we have had our first pre-season friendly in the women's game, if I remember right. Well, as we've moaned before, this is all very secret squirrel stuff, apparently, for whatever strange reason. But we drew, and we made a draw with Man United, which are definitely one of the bigger players in the women's game. Uh, Man United yes. have a very formidable women's team. So for us to get a draw, even though it's behind a closed door friendly, that's not yeah. something I think it was a and draw. I will said. say, you know, the, I will say as a vast improvement from last year, mm. it, they they published that it was a 2-2 draw. Um, yeah, we don't have to go off rumours on Twitter, do we? Apparently we were 2-0 uh, down at half-time. And, um, Turned it around, yeah. Yeah, it was Lena Petterman, one of our new signings, scored. Um, but it was Shannon O'Brien, so it's Sam Tierney flicks on to Shannon O'Brien, who passes to Denny Draper, who's apparently one of our youngsters, um, who had a shot which was saved and Lena Pettipan scored on the follow-up. And Shannon O'Brien um, also set up the next one, although it was another <laughs> another shot that was blocked from Pettipan this time. And Simone Sherwood's one of our academy players and scored the equaliser. Um, Oh, my God, yeah. oh, and apparently, apparently we we are playing tomorrow. Oh, I say tomorrow. It's not going to be tomorrow by the time I publish this. Sunday the third, we are playing West Ham United, and they're going to put a roundup of the action on lcfc.com. So 
head there and you should be able to see highlights. Um, I hope. <laughs> I hope that's what they mean by it. Uh, one, one can pray, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, so yes, we'll probably have to do a more proper preview in the next episode, but for now, uh, I, I think we're looking good. I think we've strengthened the team in good ways, and I, I, I think we will be upper half of the lower half of the table if that makes sense yeah, that doesn't absolutely. make sense but well. no i know i know what you're getting at it's gonna be it, it should be an interesting one for sure but i am um, yeah i yeah i i i i hope the women do a lot better i said um and then after this season hopefully they i think that they should expand the league soon i think it'd be more interesting because obviously it, it's quite sort of very spread out and it's hard like i said for teams yeah. to get a rhythm so it's gonna be hard to predict we're talking about it's in october and then we don't the games between are two weeks apart or something or they can be two weeks apart easily yeah um i think you get some quite long breaks with what only a 22 match season it's part of the reason the league cup has the weird format it does um at the same time the gap is so wide um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the gap in the women's super league is already pretty wide. If you start throwing the top championship teams in there as well, uh, it's I don't know. Then again, I, it might it might help it them might pull test themselves the up. It might. It, I think it would add more money to those teams to allow them to invest more. But yeah, also, maybe it also tests their depth because every time uh, you know, when in these teams, they can pick a strong 11 can't they and they can play them pretty much every single game there's no like oh i've got to rotate i mean i know they've got some champions league football but they don't have to rotate as much you know what i mean mm. you know and we don't if you you're either kind of in the starting 11 or you kind of get played in the cup games which are kind of few and far between and yeah it's it's not yeah i think they they do the whole multiple competitions but they're still much smaller competitions than that so i think if they would do that it would definitely test them they'd have to rotate more you get more uh banana peel you know games for for these sides where now it's very rare i mean if you look at the table last year chelsea women and man united women had four losses between the two of them so two apiece mm-hmm. uh reading women had 17 you know it's it's just silly um but they only played like i said 22 games if, they, if that suddenly became a 38 game league with 20 sides or an extra eight sides they're gonna have to do that performance and they might still get lots of wins but there'll still be a lot more encouragement and a lot yeah. more and the people also will go and see chelsea women so chelsea women turn up to let's say burnley are they in the championship but you know a championship side mm-hmm. when they draw they, they'll draw in bigger crowds and they draw in bigger crowds they get more money they get more money there's more interest in the women's game yeah that's true so, yeah. Forward, so. so it, it, it probably it be net brings the it, goods but it might be they'll have some growing pains i'm sure absolutely um, i do think in football in general both women's and men's they definitely needs to be a little more redistribution of wealth i know the premier oh, yeah. league has been offering sort of money to go further down the leagues but i think the women's game could definitely have a look at how they could redistribute yeah. some of the money making by the top teams to to even out the league because let's be honest they could probably give up quite a large chunk of their wealth into this sort of investment program and still be miles ahead of their competition for the foreseeable Mm -hmm. they are miles ahead i mean when was it it, it, there was two points between first and second and it was all because man united drew one game instead of winning it you know one draw to two of them it's it's tight it's tight at the top you know very reminiscent of um Liverpool Man City and it being determined by was it a point one season at one point they were going to thought they were going to have to do a Premier League playoff didn't they it was so close mm. it was kind of mental to consider 
Yeah. Of course, the other competition we haven't really mentioned, there is a Women's League Cup. We have had that draw. Mm. Um, so we have matches in October, November and January against Liverpool, Manchester City and Everton in that order. We managed yeah. to get a group with no championship teams in it somehow. <laughs> We're lucky like that, aren't we? Um, but then again, we've got two teams in there in Everton and Liverpool. We can We can give a good game to. Well, I think yeah. we can target second in that group because Manchester City are prob- most likely going to win it. Um, yeah. Although there is a chance if Manchester... Well, I say there's a chance. Um, I think if Manchester United fail to make it to the Champions League, so they're in the Champions League qualifiers at the moment, um, then they will join our group. Mm. Okay. Um, so... We, I guess we've got to hope Manchester United do well in the Champions League qualification. Um, <laughs> although I'm just looking at the... Know, that doesn't make sense. Just looking at, at the thing, it seems to suggest that they have already... Oh, they've already qualified for round two. Sorry, I was looking at... I saw them saying qualified teams. It's like, no, they've qualified to round two already of the Champions League qualification. Okay. That draw hasn't happened yet. But if they do, I think we've definitely got a group we could finish second in. And then um, I think out of the five second-place teams, the three with the best record go to the quarterfinals. So I don't think targeting the quarterfinals is a bad shout. And a cup run's always fun. Yeah, you, I think, and there's also a good way to test the depth. I think for us, the league, obviously, last season it was clear that, and I think where Lydia Bedford didn't do well on something, she was very good at getting some of the talent out and trying them out in the league and really, I've mean, yeah. done some humbling games for them, but we'd have definitely got them used to the pace. But I'm hoping with some of these more senior signings, these international signings, people who have international experience on, it's because the international game, I think the obviously uh, um, international duty really brings up the game in women's football say it's, it's highly yeah. competitive and you know credit to the american women who who've done you know progressed that as well as spanish and uh, japanese and others who have really put a lot of money and energy into it it's it's made it competitive so for those people to then come back and give that sort of more gritty experience mm. to um to it would be really good but yeah I, it's good interesting i said really promising season lots of big big business in the transfer windows for both the men's and the women's uh, yeah it, it's been a it's been a fun start for the men's so far obviously the women's won't be for another month men have got a tough he- month ahead of them and hopefully in a month's yeah. time it we will continue a winning streak but otherwise i suspect there might be a few extra bumps in the road after whole city but we'll see how we bounce back after the international yeah, we will. Yeah. i think that's a really good note to leave it basically a summary of everything we've talked about just now we should just done that that's 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 the pod that's the podcast right there that last line yeah you're welcome there we go (laughs) so i'm gonna say thank you everyone for listening thank you madlock for joining me always a pleasure we will be back uh in around a month's time um can't we we can't plan too closely when we record these but somewhere around the end of september start of october we'll be back we did talk about Blackburn rovers so we can publish a bit after the start of october um but so keep an eye out for us wherever you get your podcasts have a good month Yeah, I mean, I think we do have enough cover there. So we've got Castagna can also play left back. I think Castagna went to Fulham. Castagna did go. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I damn.
This podcast is released under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.